What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Knicks fans, how you doing? It's your boy, John of the Macri, with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Uh, coming at you with a special midweek episode, uh, which we do occasionally if there is news that warrants it. And uh, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think the Knicks hiring a new associate head coach, Johnny Bryan from the Utah Jazz, I think it warrants it. So um, I went and uh, as I did the last time, uh, New York pillaged someone from the Jazz organization. Um, I got Jeremiah Jensen from KSL TV. Uh, he is... Just as good a follow as you could uh, possibly ask for if you're looking for just kind of some inside stuff on the jazz. And he came on today's episode and gave me just some great stuff about Bryant. Um, we talked about just general things in uh, in Utah with that team and, of course, touched on Donovan Mitchell. It was a really good conversation. That's coming up for you uh, in a minute or two. Uh, also, I just wanted to give you a couple of reminders um, before we get to that. One. If you are not a uh, a Twitter person or maybe you've been off Twitter for the last day or so, uh, go ahead and check out a brand new website that has just launched. Um, it is called The Strickland, and um, I, I should probably say the actual website address. It is www.thestrick.land. L-A-N-D. How creative is that? So what is the Strickland? Um, in short, a lot of the guys from Posting and Toasting, Alex Wolf, Schwinney, Drew, I know you, if you're listening to me, there's a good chance you listen to their podcast and, uh, you know, Prez, a bunch of other guys. Um, they went off and formed their own site for Nick's content. And the site is beautiful and the content is spectacular. And I am very proud to say that I am going to be uh, contributing there from time to time with um, a, a little bit of a different format of piece than I usually do. But I already finished the first one and should be up in the next day or so. Um, Co-wrote it with uh, with Schwinn. So I think you guys will enjoy that. So uh, check out the Strickland. It's uh, a lot of work went into it from a lot of great people. And it's, it's worth your time. Um, number two. Shameless plug, of course. Uh, if you are not yet subscribed to the Knicks Film School newsletter, I don't usually plug it on here because I feel like, I don't know, it's just not something that's couth. Yeah, it's it's uncouth. That would be the word. It is uncouth. Well, I'm going to be uncouth. Subscribe to the Knicks Film School newsletter um, only because we are going to start getting a lot of news coming down now that the lottery is on Thursday. I'm recording this on a Wednesday. It'll probably hit you on lottery morning. 
Um, and you know how that goes. There's going to be draft rumors. There's going to be free agency rumors pretty soon. There's going to be all kinds of rumors. There's going to be more coaching stuff. There's going to be some front office stuff um, that's going to be happening as well, some behind the scenes stuff. And now that I am, uh, it seems, a person who, uh, I don't know, finds finds things out on occasion, um, I put all that stuff in the Knicks Film School newsletter. So, do yourself a favor. Do me a favor. Subscribe to the Knicks Film School newsletter. Uh, the page, if you want to go right to it, is nicksfilmschool.substack.com. Much easier would be to just go to my Twitter bio and um, click on the link that is in there. Uh, is that it? I think so. Oh, that's it. One other thing that I wanted to do. Sorry. Um, I... I guess it was a week or two ago, gave another shameless plug for uh, this podcast. And I asked people to go subscribe and um, rate and review it because I feel like that's what people do when they have a podcast is they ask people to do those things. Well, let me tell you, I got an email from something called Chartable. I don't know what Chartable is, but I got an email from them. It's apparently a, a service I've subscribed to. And there's like all these reviews showed up of people saying all of these nice things about the podcast. And I was like, honestly taken aback because I, I, I don't know. I, I figured people listen to this while they're mowing their lawn to drown out the noise. Uh, but it turns out people actually enjoy this content. So from me to you, um, thank you for taking the time. Anybody who did to put five stars, to, to hit the subscribe button, to, give a positive review. Um, it really, you know, I'm, I'm secretly one of the more insecure people you'll ever want to meet. And, uh, it, that means a lot to me. So, uh, thank you to, to everybody who did that. Okay. Enough, uh, blathering from me. Uh, without further ado, here is Jeremiah Jensen on Johnny Bryant, uh, the Utah jazz and Donovan Mitchell. Joining me now on the Knicks Film School podcast, a returning guest. I'm so happy to say that because uh, there's nothing better than when you get to know people. And I feel like I uh, know this next guest a little bit. He was kind enough to join me the last time we pillaged some talent from the organization that he covers. We have done so again. You could find him on Twitter, JJ Sportsbeat. Uh, he is a sports anchor for KSL TV. Just the best follow for all things Utah Jazz. Jeremiah Jensen. Jeremiah, how you doing? Jonathan, can you please tell Leon Rose to stop <laughs> stealing all these good people from the great <laughs> state of Utah? What the hell? I, you Come know, on. um, okay. Well, I mean, let's get right into it. It seems that we have picked your organization as, you know what? We want to be like those guys. And look, you know, it, you guys have missed the playoffs. I could count the amount of times, I think, on, on one hand over the last what 35 years um so are we really that far off base here i mean you tell me well i mean if you look at the jazz model i mean it's been pretty successful um what quinn snyder's been able to do as a head coach what what uh uh, dennis lindsey's been able to do as a general manager to build a a team like the jazz that's very competitive uh in in a you know a place where that doesn't attract a lot of free agents and uh you're looking if you're i mean you talk to people around the league and they look at what the jazz have with their practice facility and the way they do things with analytics and and trying to make the most of what talent they have, then I, I think that they 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 have a lot of respect around the league. And, and I'm sure. Look, Leon Rose knows Dennis Lindsay well, and and all and all these members of the Jazz organization well. He's worked with them in the past, and I'm sure that he understands that the Jazz are doing things the right way. 
and in a way that helps them overcome maybe some of the, the shortcomings that they have because of their location and, and whatnot. So sure, I, I'm sure he's seen what they do. And, and if you're going to try to do the, the player development route to try to get better, which it looks like that's what the Knicks are trying to do here with these hires, then the Jazz are a great model. So you just said it, um, which is that, you know, Utah, it's look, I've been to Utah. It's a lovely place, but you, I feel like maybe don't have the choice in terms of it's like, okay, if you're going to succeed as an organization, you have to find talent in the draft. Not always going to be at the top of the draft. You know, see your, your Paul Millsaps, even your Donovan Mitchells. I mean, he's the 13th pick. He's not a top five or not even a top three pick. Um, and then you have to make sure you get the most out of those folks. And to do that, you need good people to identify talent in the draft. Hello, Walt Perrin. And you need good people to, you know, develop. I'll keep using the same word develop. I'm sure there's better words for it, but it's the easiest one to rely on. And that brings us to Johnny Bryant. The Knicks seemingly thought that they were above all that um, for much of the last 20 years. And we we see where it has gotten them. Um, first they went for Perrin and, you know, we could maybe even get back to him because with Scott Perry and the situation in Sacramento developing, it seems like by the day, um, Walt Perrin may be in line for, uh, another promotion here. Um, but let's start with Brian and actually even before we get to him, how important, uh, this may seem like a silly question. How important is the idea of development within the jazz organization? It's, it's paramount. It's, it's, it's everything that they're about. Um, and I think they've, they've done a great job, um, identifying how to be successful in, in the market that they are in. And it's not where you can just, okay, we want Anthony Davis. It's not like the Lakers where it's okay. We want Anthony Davis. So we're going to figure out a way to get Anthony Davis. You're probably not going to have that kind of situation. Um, with the Utah Jazz, but the Jazz have been able to do is, yeah, they've hit the draft. They, they got Donovan Mitchell in the trade with the Nuggets for that 13th pick. Um, Rudy Gobert as a 27th pick. Um, you look at their starters right now, Royce O'Neal, undrafted. Joe Ingles, undrafted. Those are pretty darn good players. I say Royce O'Neal and Joe Ingles to you now, and those players have respect, but a few years ago, nobody knew who they were. But the Jazz were able to find these guys um, through their player development and help them get better while they've been in an organization. But they leave no stone unturned. I mean, at, at one point in time, they, ha- they don't do this as much now, but, but a few years ago, four or five years ago, Dennis Lindsay was asking the organization um, for the resources to bring in 100 uh, draft prospects. They were working out 100 guys before the draft, and they did free agent mini camps. So they were working out uh, probably nearly 150 guys for, what, maybe two or three open roster spots? I mean, they left no stone unturned. That's how you have to do it. And I think it's not just small market teams. I think everybody in the NBA is looking at, okay, how can we be that efficient? How can we find those guys that slip through the cracks to help us be better? You look at across the league and you go, I I guarantee you look at every playoff team right now. And there's some of those guys on some of these teams that are having an impact. So if you're the Knicks organization, you're looking around the league and seeing who's successful, who's doing things the right way. You know, I look, the jazz haven't won any championships yet. But I think that you look at what they're doing and say, okay, let's try that here in New York and combine that with everything that's attractive about New York City and combine this aspect too. Then maybe we're onto something. We can turn this franchise around. I think that's probably the mentality that they have. And I'm I'm happy you brought up Royce O'Neal and Joe Ingles because and Dennis Lindsay because it's not just about finding those guys. It's about then 
locking up a Royce O'Neal to a contract that I yeah. remember the day that contract came out, it's, it's four for, I want to say it's four for 36. I think they got him yep. on like, yep. You want Royce O'Neal on four years for $36 million in the league today, a guy who could literally guard really four positions because um, he's built like a brick. You know, you know what? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, no, he's I, I, <laughs> he's I, tough. I, I love watching that guy. play. I mean, he's, he's effectively your power forward. You're starting power forward right now. He I can f- play the four. Yeah. yeah. Um, so and that's a credit to Dennis Lindsay. Um, but, you know, so Johnny Bryan has been there since 2014. Obviously, you know, Donovan Mitchell was drafted after that. We've heard about the work he's put in with him. We've heard about the work he's put in with Paul Millsap, with uh, Gordon Hayward. Um, it, it feels like in the NBA today, the archetype that you want in that type of assistant coach is someone who on one hand can relate to, I'm a little queasy about using this term, but today's player, right. Um, but also, you know, will really, you know, bust their ass. I don't know how else to say that. Um, when the time comes. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And that's a good way to describe Johnny Bryant. Uh, You know, sorry to cut you off a little bit. Yeah, please. um, This is a guy that was so I'll give you guys. And I think Nick fans will appreciate this. Johnny Bryant was not highly recruited. He's from the Oakland area. Um, Not not too far removed from Damian Lillard growing up there as well. They're, They're friends. They know each other very well. They come from the same area in Oakland in the Bay Area. Well, he wasn't highly recruited, but he came to the University of Utah and he was great. We've known I've known Johnny Bryant for over a decade. Uh, he, I covered him his college career at the University of Utah. He was one of the best three point shooters in in Utah history. But he's one of those guys that you know he's like five ten. Um, you know, shot shot the ball great, but probably just didn't have what it took to make it in the NBA. He probably could have had a career in in Europe, but he came back and he decided he wanted to be a coach. And so, but he didn't start out as a coach in the NBA. He didn't even coach in college. He started working in player development, so he was training really talented high school kids. Oh, wow. And so um, one kid, he was C.J. Wilcox. I remember that name. He's a prep player here in Utah who went on to the University of Washington and was drafted by the Portland Trailblazers in the first round. He worked with him and helped develop him. And then he got to know Ronnie Price. You remember Ronnie Price? I do. Had some good years with you guys. He absolutely did. He he played with the Kings and had a, a couple other stops as well in the NBA. Um, he went to college here and, and at the same kind of era as Johnny Bryant, and they became friends. And he was working with him while he was in the NBA privately, not with the team. And that's how he got to know Paul Millsap as well. And so he's working out with these NBA guys privately, and he just developed his uh, reputation as a basketball trainer and coach through his own private business. But he obviously had some influential clients, and the Utah Jazz saw what he was doing with Ronnie Price. And Paul Millsap, and they brought him on to the organization as a player development per, uh, coach uh, in 2012. And then he just worked his way up. The guy just grinds. He loves the game of basketball. But like you mentioned, he is basically of the same generation. He's young. 35 he's years same, old. <laughs> he's, he's basically close to the same generation of these players. He understands the players, and he's been able to develop a great relationship with them. And look. Gordon Hayward would not have become an all-star without Johnny Bryant working with him one-on-one. Johnny Bryant went to San Diego and was working out with Gordon Hayward the week Gordon Hayward left the Jazz as a free agent. Johnny Bryant was still in San Diego working out with Gordon Hayward until the day Gordon left. So there was a close relationship there. And then, obviously, the next year, Johnny Bryant was Donovan Mitchell's guy. They developed a close relationship. I'm sure you're going to want to dig into that in a moment, so I'll leave that alone. But he's got such a great relationship with these players – 
But at the same time, he's such a grinder. He works so hard, spends hours and hours working with these guys, not just on the court, but in the film room as well. And so um, Johnny Bryant is one of those guys that has worked really hard. He's really bright, really intelligent, and has earned this opportunity. And, and I, trust me, that you know to get a, a job, an opportunity like he's getting now is is a great tribute to the work that he's done coming from a guy that was just working – running a, a, a player development uh, business in Utah a decade ago. And now he's, he's on the precipice of becoming an NBA head coach. It's a pretty cool story. It's, I mean, and you, the last thing you said on the precipice of becoming a head coach, the, the closest you could come is a, yep. associate head coach. And that's what he is right now. And look, I'm, I, Obviously, very hopeful for Tom Thibodeau's tenure here. I, needless to say, I hope it works out and he's a coach for a long time. But are, are we worried that uh, Johnny Bryant's going to be the head coach of the Knicks by the All Star break next year? <laughs> I don't know. About I don't know about the All Star <laughs> break this year. But look, I mean, since Jeff Van Gundy, there's only been one coach that has lasted longer than two years. So right. if you're going to be an associate head coach and your goal is to get the head spot, I mean, you historically could pick worse places than than here to take that job. <laughs> um, I have to think that that title uh, and I don't know if you know anything about, but just to me, it would have been a lateral move for him to come here and just be another assistant. So right. I think that's probably the only way that they were going to get him. Wouldn't that make sense? Yes, absolutely. I mean, he was very happy here. Like I said, Johnny's been here for almost 15 years as both, you know, a, a college student, uh, a, you know, coach and and now, you know, with the Jazz. So, I mean, he was very happy here. Um, I think he was very loyal to Quinn and the organization. And, and to the players there as well. He had very close relationships, like I said, with Donovan. He, him and his, and his wife and family are very happy here. So it, w- it would take a great opportunity to pull him away from here. And that's obviously what he's, what he's earned here at, uh, with the New York Knicks. I mean, everybody here is happy for him. But uh, he's certainly going to be missed here. He's, he's somebody who's held in the uh, great esteem here in the community. So, um, again, uh, curse you guys for stealing great people. <laughs> Uh, the great state well, well look you still have it's it's not like you're you're without you know still good people <laughs> there i mean and and i'm happy you brought up quinn uh snyder because the, the one thing i did want to ask you uh before we move on from johnny is i mean to me you know if you're in terms of having a defined style of play that that fits your roster. And and I feel like that is key because he has two big time pieces. He has Rudy and he obviously has Donovan and to, the way he has crafted the offense essentially around Donovan on, um, and the defense around Rudy. I'm I'm curious if you have been able to pick up anything that maybe Johnny Bryan has been able to pick up over the years in terms of like, are we going to start seeing some jazz sets here on offense? I mean, obviously that's going to come down to the relationship between Tibbs and Johnny and, and all that. But I, I'm, I almost want to ask you, like, has he been keeping his notebook open, um, uh, you know, oh, under Quinn? Absolutely. I mean, again, Johnny's NBA experience is entirely with the Utah jazz. And, and uh, I believe he was a player development coach, while Ty Corbin was still the head coach, but primarily his coaching mentor um, has been Quinn Snyder. And so I would say that probably 90% of the, the NBA knowledge as a coach that he's learned probably comes from Quinn. And so guaranteed it moving forward, he's going to take a lot of what Quinn taught him, uh, which is, I mean, you can think of a, a better coaching mentor um, right now than Quinn Snyder. Um, I don't know how appreciated Quinn Snyder is around the league, but he, oh, I, I appreciate him. We certainly, we certainly understand how fortunate the Jazz are to have him here. He's just, 
he's just a genius. He's a mad scientist when it comes to the game of basketball. So, I, I, I mean, Johnny would be crazy not to have uh, taken a lot of those things with him. So, um, you know, obviously Tom Thibodeau is going to do things the way he wants to do them and, and how much input Johnny has with him. I mean, that's, that's up to them to decide. But trust me, Johnny's going to take all these things that he's learned from Quinn and, and be able to apply them. And, and that is, you know, what, what Quinn likes to, is the motion offense. It's more of a European style of basketball where everybody touches it. And so the ball needs to move. Um, and they, 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 he talks about playing with the pass and, and not really just stick with one guy. And unless obviously you have Donovan Mitchell or Michael Jordan or something like that, but, um, the ball <laughs> needs to move. And, but the guys, guys like to play in that kind of, in that kind of, it gets everybody involved and it's, and it's difficult to defend. So there's some things about what Quinn has done with this team that I'm sure uh, Johnny could apply. And, and there are things that are proven that it can be successful. So whether as an assistant or if Johnny ends up becoming at some point, the Knicks head coach, I guarantee you there's going to be Quinn's fingerprints all over what he does. Well, you know, it's interesting because, you know, I'm I'm sure you're familiar with a a gentleman by the name of William uh, Worldwide Wesley. Uh And um, he, from everything that I've been able to glean about him is like, talk about the epitome of a self-made man. And he has now plucked, not only Kenny Payne from Kentucky, but but also obviously Johnny Bryant. It, it would almost seem like he is handpicking. And, and, you know, there's been reporting here that, well, you know, Thibodeau's on board with these hires. These are coming from Wes. And I don't doubt that. Um, yeah. it, it seems like he's picking guys like, hey, maybe I see some of myself uh, in, in this. I mean, obviously, he goes way back with with Kenny from, you know, Kenny's a little bit older. Um, but maybe in Johnny Bryan, and, and obviously, again, Wes has never coached in the league, but just in terms of how he goes about his business, the respect that he garners. And that's the thing I was reading as much as I could on Johnny Bryan. I'm like, man, this guy, like, people genuinely love him, like the players that he's worked with. It's, it's uncanny. You won't find anybody that's going to say anything bad about Johnny Bryan. I mean, he's just he's intelligent. He's respectful. He's kind. Uh, he's a hard worker. Uh, he, he He's I, I just I can go on and on about the things he had, the qualities he has, um, his characters, you know, so high. Um, so again, I'm bragging about how great he is. Um, the Knicks are getting a, a terrific young coach, and he's worked so hard and deserves this opportunity. And I think that relationships really matter. And you just mentioned that. I think that people here they they want to have they want to surround themselves. You hope they do. I think success. Let me say this. I think successful organizations or successful people in a, in a in a very important position want to surround themselves with talented people that they can trust. And Johnny Bryant would be one of those guys. So it's a great line. In, yeah. In the Knicks organization, if if you if you're trying to become a winner, you're trying to turn this thing around, and you're and you're hired to do that, you want to surround yourself with other guys that can do it. And it doesn't surprise me that they would turn to somebody like Johnny Bryant. And uh, with his resume and the relationships that he's built and the trust that he's built in the league with some very important people, including Donovan Mitchell, then uh, you're going to want to have him on, on your, in your organization and find a way to do that. And, you know, I, I give the Knicks credit for, for doing that, identifying somebody like Johnny out there in the league who may be obscure to some people because he's been uh, spent his career in Utah. 
to be able to find that guy and bring him in. Obviously, I'm sure Walt said nice things about Johnny. I know he did. So you brought him up a few times. I got to talk about him before you, I get you out of here. Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> you men- Listen, you mentioned his name in the same breath as Michael Jordan um, a minute ago. And uh, maybe a week ago, that would have seemed absurd to some people. Except now, um, <laughs> but there's, listen, top three all-time NBA playoff scoring list. There's Jordan at the top. And then Donovan Mitchell is number three. Um God, what a performance, by the way. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's one word to describe it. Um, look, uh, I'm happy because I have long wanted the the organization to, uh, I'll use the, the common phrase, do things the right way. And bringing in a person like Johnny Bryant would seem to be doing things the right way because you're valuing development and relationships and trust and all of those things. Um, for as long as Donovan Mitchell plays in Utah, there will be Nick fans who will wonder how long it is going to be until, you know, they see him in a Knicks jersey. And I, I, I mean, I've been pretty steadfast of late saying like, look, the Knicks don't even have a package at this point in a, in a fantasy world where Mitchell walked into, a, you know, the front office and demanded a trade tomorrow, which we've had no indication that he's going to do, by the way. Um you know, you don't, he's a top 10 NBA asset. He may be a top 10 NBA player full stop right now. I don't, you know, I don't think that's a crazy argument. I'll just ask you generally, like, you know, how are, how are things with Donovan in, in, in Salt Lake City there? (laughs) Um, Well, I think they're good. Um, You know, I think initially it was just a marriage made in heaven. Um, Donovan is just such a high character guy and so engaging and and he was so active in the community and it was just it was kind of you have this 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 young kid at the time who comes in and he's just so grateful for this opportunity and he was so humble he was just like everybody else so he's going to July 4th barbecues and he's going to watch high school basketball games he's obviously become such a superstar that he's had to to curb some of that there's just he just generates too much attention when he goes out and does these things but uh, i've seen a growing maturity with him i mean and he views the world in a different way. And, and I don't think he, I call I don't call him a kid anymore. I think really he's he's really become a man. He's getting older. He's becoming more mature. So I don't I don't know what Donovan wants long term, what he's looking at, what he wants. Um, I will say this, that um, <laughs> jazz fans love him. Uh, the organization is going to be ready to give him a max contract extension the second they can in October when it when that when that time comes. Uh, it's all up to Donovan what he wants to do. Now, if you're looking at the contract situation, I don't know if you want to dig into that, but um, I mean, let's yeah. just well, I mean, let's say I mean, they're, look, they're going to offer it to him, obviously, yes. if he if he, you know, just was kind of said, um, I, I appreciate the offer. Thank you. Um, I think I want to play out this season. Do you I mean, I know it would be a guess, you know, to for the most part. But what? Do, how do you think the Jazz would react to that, or do you just not even think that that's even in the cards? Well, so he would be turning down 125 million to make five. So that would be a really tough decision for any professional to make. Yeah, um, you'd be turning down a lot of money and a guaranteed deal. Does he? You know, and if he if he agrees the extension, is it five years, four years, or three years? We don't know any of that thing, any of that information right now. But if he if he turns down the extension and he just plays for a qualifying offer next year, he well, still would becomes, be that would be two years from now. So next year is the last year of his rookie correct. deal, and then so yeah. the, he he's up for the extension. He has the one year. So, but he he would be entering restricted free agency at that point, and the Jazz could match any offer anyway. So that's really not an out for him. 
the only way Donovan would be end up would would be leaving Utah before the end of the contract extension would be if he if he demanded a trade. Now look, that's who knows what what happens between now and then. Right now, things seem great, um, but things don't seem as great now as they did last year um, because of the situation with Rudy and and I don't know. I just just things can change so quickly in the NBA, but. The, I'm telling you that the Jazz are prepared to give him a max extension. He either takes the max extension or doesn't. But I, I think the only way that he would, that the Jazz would move him, or or things, or he wouldn't be here long term, is if Donovan said, "I don't want to be here." And I've got no sense from Donovan, from the people around Donovan, that he wants that to happen. And I think the telltale will be: Does he sign the extension for how many years? So at that point, once that deal happens in October. We'll have a perfect idea of what he wants to do and what his plan may be. And then once he's an unrestricted free agent, who knows what's going to happen. But that's so far down the road if he takes that extension. So um, for all the Knicks fans out there, I'm sure that's on their mind. I mean, that's the reality of the situation. He would have to turn down a $125 million max extension. Who knows how many years? I guess that would be five years. That, that's the reality of the situation right now as, as far as when he's going to become a free agent now. Could he offer ask for a trade at some point? Sure, and does but does does that guarantee he's going to come to the Knicks in a trade? No, he doesn't have that freedom. So not at all. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of the tough thing. So I totally, I mean, it makes so much sense. Uh, New York, he, being from the area, and all these people now that that he has relationships now work for the Knicks. It it makes all the sense. And look, Jazz fans are freaking out about it. I mean, really? It, because we went through this with Gordon Hayward. Oh, so that's true. All of a sudden, Brad Stevens is hired by the Celtics. It's like, oh, that's odd. You know, would Gordon <laughs> want to play with with his old college coach? What a nah, coincidence! He's, yeah, he's happy here. He's winning here. Um, everything's great. Everything's good. And then, non, you know, free unrestricted free agency comes, and he's playing with his college coach. So, Jazz fans are a little skittish, and you can understand that, right? Of course. So the yeah. second, the second, all this stuff developed. Okay, the Knicks keep hiring away all these Jazz people that were close with Donovan. So the Knicks want Donovan Mitchell. Oh, this this this, all, this whole thing over and over again. And then, does Donovan want to stay here or not? We have a complex here in Utah, by the way, Well, that, that nobody wants to play here. Nobody really wants to be here, and that's never going to go away. But um, that's kind of how jazz fans may panic a little bit. This is not going to go away. The Knicks thing is going to continue for however long Donovan Mitchell is signed with the jazz until he becomes an unrestricted free agent and makes his next decision. But, uh, yeah, this is going to linger. So I'm sure we're going to have this conversation, Jonathan, <laughs> I was, for the next for the next five. You're going to have to about to say, five years for however and long it is. We're uh, going to torture people on both sides, on both fan bases with this topic because it's not going to go away. It well, just is what it is. To any jazz fans who may be listening to this, um, the next good thing that happens to the Knicks franchise will be the first good thing in, in, in quite some time. <laughs> so, I, you know, you, you don't lose any sleep yet. Um, it pains me to say that. Um, <laughs> I, I, I hope you know the the that stuff doesn't take away from what he's doing on the court because it is i mean just watching him grow has been extraordinary uh, before i get you out of here what give me a prediction are you so we're it's 3 30 uh eastern time uh the jazz tip off game two against the nuggets um it will have ended by the time folks hear this um do you think they're they're I'm putting you on the spot do you think they're pulling out game two what do you think is gonna happen in the series yeah why not i mean because i think the knicks can't or sorry the nuggets can't shoot as well as they did in game one and game two. They no, just yeah. can't. I mean, they were just on fire from three. The, the, the Nuggets are due for a bad shooting night, and, the, and they're poor defensively. And if the Jazz can be consistent and take advantage of that, they can steal a game. So I'll say they win game two. I'll be honest with you. I just don't see the Jazz winning the series without Boyan McDonavich. Mike Conley might be back for game three. 
who knows what Mike Conley brings for them. But man, the Nuggets are good. I don't I don't think the Nuggets are getting enough attention right now. That Jamal Murray Nikola Jokic combination is just deadly offensively. Oh, Murray's and been it, great. He, they I, have yeah. You have to, they have to be just missing shots in order to beat them because offensively, I put them up offensively with any team in the league right now. They're just so good offensively. And, you know, the, the, Nikola Jokic, I, he's just terrific. I mean, to have a center that has the kind of skills that he has, he, he shoots the three, but he can post you up. He's, he's got a terrific ball handler. He's a terrific pass. He's just got all these skill sets that you just don't see in a seven-footer very often. I mean, putting Gobert aside, I'm not going to ask you to, to pick him over your guy, but like, is there another center in the league today that you'd want over over Jokic? I, I'm not I'm not really sure that there is. Um, so we, we then we get into the conversation of who's a center and who isn't. Is Anthony Davis a center? Uh, yeah, that's true. But, I mean, honestly, I mean, that's the conversation, right? It's Rudy, Jokic, and I'll throw Anthony Davis in there. Um, there's not many other guys outside of those guys that I would want. Um, we, I guess we have in, in today's NBA, who's a center anymore, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Nikola Jokic is just unbelievably good offensively. He's as good offensively as Rudy Gobert is defensively. Um, and it's an interesting matchup to watch. So if, if you're just an NBA fan, this series is fun because you have that dynamic of Rudy versus Jokic. And then you got guys like Mitchell and Murray playing just out of their mind to guard. So it's a fun series. The free game one was awesome. I expect the whole series to be great. It's going to be one of the best series, I think. Yeah, I, I have no dog in the fight. But after I saw the double overtime game to end out the, you know, the regular uh, or whatever you want to call it, regular season bubble play, I'm like, can we please get these two teams against each other in the first round of the playoffs? Because that's just going to be good basketball. And sure enough, game one did not disappoint. I'm sure game two will be good uh, as well. We are both going to go get to watch that. Jeremiah, uh, I can't thank you enough for the time. Really, it's just it's a pleasure to talk to you, honestly. And um, you, you give us some great stuff on here. Can you just remind uh, folks at home one more time where they could uh, find you? Yeah, if you're if you're interested in jazz content, you can find me on Twitter at JJ Sports Beat. Um, I work for KSL Sports in Salt Lake City. KSLSports.com is the website. Awesome. Um, again, thank you. I, I, I wish I, I wish I could say, you know, good luck keeping Donovan Mitchell, but I, I, I try not to lie on my podcast. Uh, I, I, you know, and I totally get it. You <laughs> trust me. Donovan Mitchell is special. And if he, he ever ends up in a Knicks uniform, he could, he could really save that franchise. But, uh, you know, uh, everybody, everybody here is going to do everything they can to keep them here. Trust as me. they should, as they should. Uh, this has been great. Thanks again so much for taking the time, man. I really appreciate hey, it. Anytime. And I look forward to coming on the next time the Jazz steals some other <laughs> or somebody from the state of Utah. So I look forward to that. Awesome. Uh, this is fun. Uh, I'm sure I'll talk to you soon. Be well. Sounds good. Thanks, Jonathan. All right. Thanks again to Jeremiah Jensen for joining us for that spot. He's great. Um, I love talking to people who know what they're talking about. And uh, he really knows what he's talking about. And I have a feeling this will not be the last time that he is uh, on this podcast. Uh, just a quick uh, FYI, uh, as my wife comes in and steals the Oreos. How dare her? Um Quick FYI for the rest of the week. So this episode, I believe, is dropping on Thursday morning. Uh, we're going to have another episode dropping tomorrow, which I'm going to record with uh, Pre. Now she's eating the Oreo. Oh, no. Now you're eating a Starburst right in front of my face. This is just it's shameful behavior. Uh, sorry. So we're going to be recording a podcast right after the draft lottery on Thursday night. With uh, Prez from uh, the aforementioned Strickland. Uh, we're going to be talking about where the Knicks end up in the lottery. And are these for me? No. Wow. Just, just piling it on. Um, and uh, so that'll be fun. And then after that, 
I'm going to be having a conversation with uh, my my two law school buddies, Bernard and Yash, who are going to be talking to me about the Knicks uh, Will Smith face bracket that I have been doing for the last three weeks on Twitter. Uh, the final final matchup of which will be uh, on Thursday on on Lottery Day. Um, so make sure you check Twitter to vote for who you think deserves the most Will Smith face moment in uh, recent Knicks history, last 30 years or so. And uh, yeah, so that'll be the second episode for, for this week. And then Jeremy and I will be on with our usual spot coming at you on uh, Monday morning. Anyway, thanks again uh, to everybody who listens, subscribes, rates, reviews. Uh, I really do appreciate it. And we will be back with you with another episode very shortly. Giddy up. Giddy up.